0: Can anybody tell me what the most important event in history is? Anybody tell me? Okay, he said the crucifixion of Jesus. Anybody else? Birth. What? Creation. Resurrection. Resurrection. You know, all those things are like radically, radically important, but I think... What I'm going to say to you today is like the most is this now it's really three different things but it's really one event in my mind that these th- these three things all came together to change the world the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus this is radical this is so radical that that Jesus he died right he died he died He didn't pass out, he didn't swoon or anything like that. He was mocked and he was beaten. And then he was crucified, you know, a very horrible, horrible death. He was put to death and it really was the payment. The payment of death was for sin, for my sin, for our sin, for the sin of the whole world. And the payment that he made, that he gave his life in my place, the debt that I should have paid. Because the wages of sin is what? Death. death. So the payment for sin is death. So he took death, you see, for me. Right? I'm going somewhere with all this. Trust me. He was buried, right? And this is kind of like what they would, the tombs would look like behind that very large stone. And you can read about it in the Gospels. This large stone was rolled. And they're not light. They're very, very heavy. And then a, a seal was put upon the stone after he was buried. His, his body would, had been wrapped. It had been prepared, put into a new tomb. And this large stone sealed him in. Now for, for us, if that had happened to us, it, you know, we would still be there because that we weren't going to get out of there. But the fact is that Jesus rose from the dead. And the stone was rolled away. You see, the thing is that death couldn't keep him. Death could not keep him. That's important to know that. And and there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think the main one is that he was the Son of God, that he was God the Son, and, and death could not hold him. And so he defeated death, and he took away the sting of death for all who would trust in him, for all who would receive him. That's why the most famous verse in all the Bible, John three sixteen. God so loved the world, He gave His only, one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. For all who would trust in Him. You see, death has been defeated. Jesus Christ, He, he died, He was buried, but He rose from the dead. In 2 Timothy, something we looked at not that long ago, it says here, it has now been revealed through the peering of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You see, he destroyed it. See, so, so this, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, this is the most important event in, in all of history. Why do I say that? I say that because this changed everything. This occurrence, this this thing that happened there in Jerusalem, it changed everything. And this is what changes you and me. Now the creation is wonderful and all the other things you mentioned, the birth of Jesus, incredible. But what really changes you and me and what really changed the world is the fact that Jesus, he died on that cross, he was buried, and he rose from the dead, he defeated it, you see. That's what changes you and me. That's what changed the world forever, to all who would look to Jesus. That's radical. That's radical. Now, my subject today is baptism. You know, I, I, I taught about this uh, many, many years ago. Hebrews chapter 6, the first couple of verses, talks about different instructions that we should be, uh, you know, having as foundational teaching, and one of them is about baptisms. We're going to talk about one type of baptism. But I taught about this uh, a long, long time ago, and the reason I know that is because we would have people listen to the cassette. You remember some of you are old enough, the cassette, and we would pass out these cassettes and have people listen to them. And so, uh, you know, I was, I was about 10 at that time when I recorded that, but that was a long time ago, so I, I, I just thought, I just felt like it'd be good to look at it again today, just to go over it and, and talk about it. Now, the question is, why did I give that intro? right? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Why did I give that intro? Because that is the picture. That is the picture of baptism. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. That which changes lives, that's that which changed us. You see, baptism is this declaration of that very picture. The death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. See, that's the picture of baptism. We're going to talk about that. But it's a declaration that we've been changed by faith in Jesus Christ. This one, one definition I found, baptism declares that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a public confession of your faith in and commitment to Jesus Christ. It's the next, the next step. My secretary. (laughs) Oh yeah, I don't have one. (laughs) It's the next step after salvation through faith, through repentance and faith. Testifying to the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ as the way of salvation. Baptism is testifying to this. Baptism shows that a person has died to the old way of life and has been raised to a new kind of life, eternal life in Christ. So it's this picture, again. The baptism itself is a a symbolic picture of what Jesus Christ has done, that he died upon that cross, that that he went into the tomb, but he defeated death and he came up out of the tomb, you see. Really, for you and I, it's an outward symbol of something that's taken place inside, though. We'll talk a little bit more about this outward thing. But it really is this picture. And I think, I think when we think about baptism, this is what we need to think of, this, the cross. We're standing there, we, 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 we picture the cross, and then down into the water, we picture the grave. And coming up out of the water, we picture the resurrection of Jesus, that he came up out of that tomb. You see, we're we're there, we're telling the whole world that we identify with Jesus, that his death and his burial and his resurrection, it's changed me. You see, we 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 have this little time where we can give testimony of of a might changed life. But again, it's a picture. It's a picture telling us what changed the world and what changed me. I want you to turn, please, if you will, to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to look at a few verses uh, dealing with this. Matthew chapter 28 and verses 19 and 20. You see, this thing we call baptism, water baptism, is a, a step of discipleship. Do you know what a disciple is? Anybody tell me what a disciple is? A follower, right. So it's a step of discipleship, and it's a step of discipleship not only for the believer, but also for the church. And if you look at these verses with me, you'll see why I say that. Look at verses 19 and 20. This, uh, these verses, by the way, also have another name. Can anybody tell me what, what that name is? Great the Great Commission, right. The Great Commission. Verse 19 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, this is part of discipleship. This is part of following Jesus. And Jesus made it very, very clear. It doesn't really get any clearer than this. For the church and for the believer. For the church to say... Part of being a disciple is for you to be baptized and to make this public declaration that your life has been changed, that you have decided to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, he says many things in these verses here. He says that we need to go, we need to make disciples, we need to baptize, we need to teach that as disciples... uh, Not only to be baptized, but also to obey and to do what Jesus would have us to do. To obey his word. So it's a step of discipleship. A step of being a follower of Jesus. And the words came from Jesus himself. And if Jesus said that we should do that, what do you think? Probably should do it. Probably a good idea to do what Jesus asks the church to do. He asks, the church, he asks the church to baptize. So obviously those who would be baptized would be those who were in the church. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. How about if you turn with me to, to Matthew chapter 3 as well, though? Matthew chapter 3. So turn back to that. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13. Starting in verse 13. I love this picture again it's a picture and and the Bible is full of pictures but look what we find here the, in, in verse 13 then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John but John tried to deter him tried to stop him saying I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me but Jesus replied let it be so now it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness And then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Isn't that beautiful? Now, Jesus, did he need to be baptized? You know, John was doing this baptism of repentance, really. Did Jesus have anything to repent of? No, he was the perfect, sinless, holy Son of God. God the Son never had done anything wrong. But he said, let it be done now to fulfill all righteousness, to do do this thing. And I believe that he did that for you and I, to show us the way, to give us an example, a model to follow. Jesus shows us by his own actions what it is that we should do. And and, and then the rest of the picture is just as beautiful, though I think the the Holy Spirit of God descends and lights on him. And, And then this statement by the Father, he says, this is my Son, whom I love, with Him I am well pleased. He was doing to fulfill all righteousness, but the Father wanted him to do that. He was being obedient, and the Father was pleased. There was a smile on the Father's face as he did this. As he was baptized, that's kind of cool. I think it's not something you think about that you know when you when you get baptized, you know that that God is actually smiling down on you. But I, I believe that He is. I believe that He's. He's. It's a joy to Him to see you make a a stand, a declaration. It pleased the Father. With Him, I'm well pleased. I want to answer a few questions while, we, while we're looking at this subject. Uh, who is it for? Who is it for? Well, it's for, for believers. It's for all true believers in Jesus Christ. Those who have, again, come to the cross, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. We call it believer's baptism. Believer's baptism, that's an important term because it... it it gives a clear picture of what we're looking at and, and, and who this is for. Not just for anybody, not just uh, to anybody who walks in off the street, anybody who happens by it. It's for someone who is a believer in Jesus Christ, who has made that declaration, who has made that decision. Jesus Christ is living in you, the hope of glory. Look what it says there in, in verse 12. But When they believed Philip, As he preached the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, you see. What came first? The belief came first. They didn't get baptized, and then they believed later, right? Say, well, duh. Well, I think there's some confusion about it. How about this verse in Acts 836, as they they went down the road, they came to the water. The eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. What came first? His belief. Right? One more. Crispus, the synagogue ruler, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard believed. And what? And they were baptized. So what came first? It's important. This is an important truth to understand. Is baptism required for salvation? Definitely not. In fact, it's the other way around, totally the other way around, that salvation is required for baptism. How many of you were taught that? How many of you were taught that salvation is required, I mean, baptism is required for salvation? A lot of you were taught that. Baptism required for salvation, that's not not the case. Actually, salvation is required for baptism, you see, because we're saved by grace through faith, you see. Without faith, baptism means absolutely nothing other than the fact that you're all wet. It's true. Baptism is you saying, you declaring... That there's something that's happened in your life that you have received this salvation that has come through Jesus Christ, by Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, and you're now showing the world that you identify with him. Is this making sense? I'm trying to be as clear as I can possibly be about this idea of baptism. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And this is his answer. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. That's what it takes to be saved, you see. And then after that, they believed in God. And then after that, they were baptized. They were baptized. How should we do it? This is a big question. The word means... Immerse. It means to plunge. I, I may step on different people's toes or whatever, but I don't really care because the fact is there's no biblical basis for sprinkling. There's no biblical basis for pouring. And In fact, to me, again, thinking back to what I've been saying about this being a picture, you know where where you are baptized you're standing and you go completely into the water and completely up out of the water if you think about the death and the burial of Jesus he didn't just sort of do it right he didn't just a little bit a couple of drops sprinkled here he went and did the whole thing for you and for me he died he was buried And he rose from the dead. So this idea of of anything else other than total immersion, the Bible doesn't talk about anything else but this. we, We read it about the eunuch. It says they saw the water, right? And he says, I want to be baptized. What's going to stop me? And they stopped. And what did he do? It says they got into the water. They went down into the water and then they came up out of the water. Now I want to back up for a second uh, just to clarify one point about baptism being required uh, to be saved, as many teach. It's just not true. And And I wanted to give you that example of the thief on the cross, right? Because it's such a, again, it's such a powerful picture that this thief, what did he do? He, it says that he spoke to Jesus. He realized his position, where you know what was happening to him, and it says Jesus. He said to Jesus, "Remember me when you come into your kingdom." And what did Jesus say? Well, as soon as you get baptized, we're going to work this thing out, <laughs> right? And and if we could just get the uh, the elders to come and, and do some sprinkling here, or pouring or something, anything. I'm I'm not making light of what happened there, but. But the fact of the matter is, what did Jesus say to him? This day, you'll be with me in paradise. This day. So, so baptism is, is not a requirement of salvation. I wanted to make that point, and I forgot to add that illustration, because it, it, we're not saved by being baptized. So often, you, you know, sometimes you... you, you You go to a funeral or whatever and you hear these words, you know, so-and-so was baptized and they became, and that gives them eternal life. Those aren't the exact words they use, but you know what I'm saying? That's not what gives anybody eternal life. Doing some kind of sacrament, doing some kind of, you know, work. We're saved by grace through faith. Simply, purely. Purely. And totally. When were people baptized? Let's get back to our questions here. Most of them were baptized immediately. That the eunuch there was uh, most of the time in the New Testament. They they as soon as they believed, they were baptized. Now, you know, in the land of Israel, it's usually pretty warm most of the year round. It never, you know, uh, the Jordan really doesn't freeze over. You can't really uh, uh, do that kind of thing around here. So when, when should you be baptized? You know what? I think you should baptize whenever you get the chance. Whenever it's, whenever it's available to you. We don't baptize every week. But I think, I think that you, know, you should understand that it's a step. It's a, a step of discipleship, of following, as I've been saying, And be willing to do what what it is. They, at that point in time, you know, they said, I'm going to be baptized. I want to be baptized now. Now, you have to keep in mind, too, that there was a cost involved for those people back then. In many countries around the world today, there's a cost involved. If you publicly get baptized as a Christian, you will be persecuted. In many cases, you will be shunned. You will be cut off from your family members, and some of them will, you know, you might even be uh, you know, persecuted physically and put to death in many countries around the world today. Now, that's not necessarily the case here. I don't want any of you to get worried if you're getting baptized today. <laughs> we will protect you. But the point is, is, is that... You know, it's something that we need to think about. When do we get baptized? When we make a decision that, that Jesus is, is, is my all in all. And I'm willing to do anything for Him. And I want the world to know. I want, I want all those around me to know that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. How old should you be? Which kind of fits when. I think it's... As soon as you're old enough to understand. Now, another thing that, that is very clear to me, that there is no biblical basis for baptizing infants. When was the last time you looked at you know, a one-month-old baby and that baby said, I, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe in Him, I trust in Him. Now, there is, there is a place, I believe, for dedication where we offer and we pray and we offer up uh, these youngsters, these little babies, these young children. And, and really, we're, we're, we're not only offering them up, but we're also offering ourselves. We're dedicating ourselves to be uh, those examples and those teachers and those lights in their lives to Jesus Christ. Is there an age where we say, you know, my, my only concern has been, do you, are, are you old enough to understand and you will remember? A child of about five or six, you know, they, they, they might truly be believers, but they, they may not be ready to, to even know the significance or the understanding of it or be able to even remember that they did that. Right? So I'm a little hesitant, but, but as long as they're old enough to understand and truly believe, I think, you know, hey... Why would I say no to someone who wants to make that declaration? Where should we do it? Hey, in the, in the New Testament, wherever they found water, right? The Jordan River, Philip and the eunuch, they, there's, there's some water over there. Who knows what that was? Wherever there was water. The bay. We've, we've baptized people in the bay. We've baptized people in the pool, in the ocean. Haven't done it in a tub yet. But people have done that. Just get enough water. Enough water where we can get you all the way in and all the way under. I like the idea personally of doing it in a public place where people can see. But that doesn't make it any more spiritual, to be honest with you. It's a person's heart before God. God. One more question before we wrap this up here is, is this idea of rebaptism uh, and and you know what does that mean you know to be rebaptized if you were baptized before? I think I think if you are baptized and you are not a believer, or if you were an infant, for example, you are not, it's not a conscious decision of, of uh, your Will to be baptized, I think baptism as a believer is fine. I was, I was baptized as an infant. Look, what it, look where it got me. But I was rebaptized uh, as a believer, as a choice that I made. Now, if you have been baptized as a believer and, and, and you want to be baptized again, I would say no, there's no need for that. Some people say, "Well, you know, I did, a, you know, I was I walked away from the Lord even for, you know, a period of time or I, you know, this or that happened in my life and I now want to get rebaptized again." I'd say, "No, there's no need for that. Once is enough. As a believer, once is enough." So, I want to ask the question, what about you? What about you? Are you a believer in Jesus? Are you a follower of Jesus? And have you made that dedication? I Say, well, you know, I'll have to think about that. Okay. I'll give you about five minutes. No, it's between you and the Lord, you know, but ultimately it's... it's It's bigger than that, isn't it? It's it's the rest of the body of Christ. It's following Jesus together. Again, we talked about that a few weeks back about doing this thing together. We're in this thing together. But I want you to consider it for yourself. And, and, you know, some people say, well, I'll do that when, and I'll do that if, and I'll do that. Well, you know what happens is that if we can't do something as basic and as simple as this, how can we follow Jesus truly in our lives? That's a challenge that I'm I'm bringing before you today. If we can't do something so clear as this, what about the, the things and the decisions we face every single day of following Jesus? How are we going to make the right decisions then if we can't even do something that is so clear and simple? So what about you? Maybe you've already been baptized, and this is all uh, preached into the choir here, so to speak. That's okay. Again, it's something we all understand, and, and I think these questions that I've tried to answer today, we, they, they're, they're all around us people, and the, this, the, the people that we you know, talk to and talk about this subject with. Maybe even down at the beach today, there'll be someone who might ask a question, Why are you doing this? What is that? What does it mean? I'm hoping that if you're here today and you you heard me, I'm hoping that you would be able to say, well, it's a picture of the, the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a public declaration that something has happened that changed that person's life. And this is what it is. They trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior, as their Lord. And they're seeking to follow him. So why don't we pray, and, uh, and then I've, I've got a little video from last year I want you to see. Uh, if you have any questions, we have about seven people, I think, today that are going to be baptized. And if you have any questions about it, you come in and talk to me. I'll be glad to, to answer any questions, any practical questions you have about uh, this afternoon. Uh, you know, we, we try to make it as, as uh, easy as possible, and, and, uh, and uh, again, we... We, uh, are, are, uh, we have a bunch of people involved, so it's very safe, but it's, uh, it's, it's important. It's important for the life of the church. It's important for your life because Jesus changes everything. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day, this, this beautiful day that we have. Lord, we thank you. The weather is nice again, and uh, I look forward to being down Uh, in the water uh, with my brothers and sisters and those who want to make this declaration that Jesus has changed their lives. That Jesus has done a work and that, uh, that through the death and the burial and the resurrection the world has changed. And that their personal world has changed as well and that eternal life is now theirs and they want to declare that fact. Father God, I, I, I pray for those perhaps here today who've never trusted in Jesus as Savior, as Lord, that today maybe that's, maybe that that's what you've been hearing, that, that you don't have it, that you don't know Jesus, you don't have him in your life. And if that's you, I, I want to encourage you right now to, in the quietness of your own heart and, and mind to call out to him and say, Jesus, simply pray with me and say, Jesus, I open my heart, my life to you. Please come in and forgive me. I believe in your cross, the cross that where you died for my sins. I believe that you were buried and that you rose from the dead. And I ask you in today. Father, I pray for those who will be baptized today. I just think about that smile on your face. I think about the the joy that you are having for those who make that decision to follow, to be followers, to let others know. I pray for your Holy Spirit to, as, as the Holy Spirit even was there at Jesus' baptism, that your Holy Spirit would... Uh, uh, do powerful things in the lives of those today who are baptized. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've given us. We are amazed. It is amazing, amazing grace, as we'll sing here in a few minutes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and listen to this video, and then the worship team will come and and play one last song.